Good evening and welcome along to another live episode of Red Tinted Glasses. Callum will hopefully make a long-awaited return to the podcast. He was just having some technical difficulties. Seems like everything involved with Aberdeen has difficulties. So as soon as his Wi-Fi has um, not shit the bed, um, he will be joining the show. Um, quite ironic given the slating he normally gives my internet that his one is struggling for a change. But the joys of doing this show live. On tonight's show, we will be looking back at the defeat on Saturday as the Dons once again um, go down meekly in Ayrshire 2-0 to the home side there. And then we'll look ahead to the midweek clash uh, against St Johnston. And I suppose in between the review of Saturday and um, preview of Wednesday, we'll discuss what's gone wrong for the club under Neil Warnock and can our hopes of a top six finish be saved is it still achievable? Um, there's lots of you um, already tuning in live here on the YouTube channel and lots of you have also commented before we've even come live. So we will be interacting with that. Um, but hopefully um, Callum will be uh, along shortly to to join in the, the fun as well. So what I want to do first of all is bring up one of the, the first comments that I've got here from um, Ian Morgan-Smith because... <laughs> This was a quite, this was a feeling I had at, at the weekend. Ian Morgan Smith asking, "Does the manager bounce really exist, or did some of our hopeless players see Warnock's first interview about coming up and having a laugh and went fuck it? Who cares? My contract is up at the end of the season." <sighs> kind of says a lot that Ross County, um, out Don Cowie, seem to be getting more of a manager bounce than, than we are. It certainly feels like it um, that way. And a lot has been made of the reverse psychology. Um, certainly, I believed that that Neil Warnock was using that on the players in terms of his press conferences. I know some people thinking that that Neil maybe is throwing a few people under the bus, especially with the post-match comments uh, around Boyan Miowski and pre-match comments about calling us underdog going into into the game. But I mean, Kilmarnock were a great price on on Saturday. It'd have been a fool not to to back them. And look whether fans are gonna like or or lump it and I think the problem for for Neil Warnock right now is obviously he's only managed to to beat Bonnie Rigg so I think we spoke about it when he first came in yeah he can sit in the press and and have a laugh and a joke but if we're not winning games fans aren't going to find it funny Um, and you know we are I certainly feel after the weekend, you know, Ewan, Ewan Grant says it's official, we are in trouble. Uh, and certainly, you know, Ross County getting that late goal um, against Livingston at the weekends put them, you know, closer to us. They play tomorrow night at home to um, St Mirren. I never thought I would get to this point in the season where I'm hoping that Ross County don't win a game before the day before we play. But that's where we are right now. I mean, whether or not people want to look over their shoulders, I certainly feel that kind of that's where where we've got to at, at this stage in in proceedings. Um, it, it's unfortunate, but look, that that's where we are. And um, I'm trying to find the comment that that came in, in from James Tasker um, not long after we started the live, where he said, "What dreadful sin has Angus McDonald committed to spend his season on the def- on the bench? Our defence is a mess and very fragile." Um, you know, quite telling as well that Neil Warnock, once he's come in, our defence has actually got worse. Um, I, I thought that was something that, that Neil Warnock would actually successfully manage to 
shore up, kind of similar to when Barry Robson came in last January, you know, be able to identify the the problem area and, and stop us conceding silly goals. But we're doing it more than we did prior to, to Neil Warnock's arrival. And for one reason or not, Angus McDonald's not being given a chance. But <clears throat> I certainly was quite critical of Slobodan Rubicic and his early start to um, his Aberdeen career. But it, it maybe just shows that we're actually missing him more than more than we thought and Calm will we'll try again with with your wi-fi but what does angus mcdonald need to do to get into this aberdeen team and do you agree with i think a few folk have brought up this weekend especially that probably we didn't realize how much rubizic brought to this team defensively for me it's certainly frustrating to see a player that did so well last season in in angus mcdonald um kind of be subjected to just sitting on the bench and I think we brought it up it was possibly with with Phil when he was on the the podcast that excuse me that you know we can't just have a player like Angus sitting on the bench for 90 minutes why can't we put him on the bench or sorry the starting 11 for the best part of an hour and then bring on the likes of a a Jensen or Gartman afterwards to to show up the bench because I, I said on the last episode that Jensen was soft as shite and you just need to look at the manner of the goals that we conceded this week that once again both of them both Jensen and Gartenman were absolutely horrid and uh, I've seen obviously that the talk this weekend that the club have already offered a deal to Stefan Gartenman next season I know Stefan's come out in the press uh, and talked about wanting to wait and see what happens with the the managerial situation but so it's a bold move to appoint um, somebody um, or certainly offer somebody a contract before we've even sorted out the manager because what happens if the new manager comes in and thinks he's he's pretty dreadful as well because that's not exactly going to set up our defence well and Chris Mainland posed, posing the question about have we actually gone backwards under Neil Warnock and I go back to that point about the defence you know, when Neil Warnock first came in, I think it was our expected XG against was under two goals a game and it's now over two goals a game. I think the only time we've not conceded two goals under Neil Warnock in a game was, of course, the the, the Bonnie Rigg game. And I don't know what what we do because he, he tried the back three. I don't know why he tried it because we all could have told him that it was going to go terribly wrong. He's tried a back four and like I do feel... A bit sorry for him because, of course, he can't account for stupid errors. You need to look at the game against Rangers where Calarou should have done better. Nicky Devlin against Hibbs should have done better. And to be honest, we were weak again on Saturday in the, the manner that, that we conceded. The manager can only do so much. And we've said this when Stephen Glass was the manager, when Jim Goodwin was the manager. Yes, those players aren't performing or, you know, the focus will beyond the manager but any manager can only do so much with what they're given and what gets put out onto the pitch the players then once they cross that white line have a responsibility to per- perform for the, the the shirt perform for the fans and right now unfortunately we're not getting that from the players as well and look a lot of the criticism will probably go towards the manager towards the board and I, I totally understand that that frustration but I think I, I've, I've seen a few comments about the, the players maybe um, 
escaping a, a lot of criticism um, just now. And and why is that? You know, only only certain players seem to be subjected to to, to criticism if if they have a bad game. And I, I don't really I don't really agree with Neil Warnock's post match press conference. Um, I, I thought it was quite a damning um, verdict on not only the squad and probably where we are this season. I think also, the, for me, puts focus back onto the board. All of us saw um, change needed to be done early in January to to help strengthen the squad. We waited till the last day of the January window. Why did we do that? I don't know. No one at the board's going to tell us because, fuck me, the silence is deafening. You know, as much as, you know, certain sections of the support will be frustrated at Neil Warnock's comments, and, and rightly so, why is the club not coming out and, and speaking up? You know, Dave Cormack, you love the limelight. Where are you just now? You know, without sounding like Delia Smith, when's the next time we're going to hear from you? A few crocodile tears on the radio, is that when you're next coming out? You know, he, you talk about being a beach end boy all the time, only when it suits your agenda to push season tickets. If you're that much of a fan, you'd be coming out and, you know, addressing this situation where fans rightly are becoming, disillusions maybe not the right word, and apathy is potentially one, but certainly frustrated with where we are and where this club's going. You know, you were the one that laid out a a plan for this club, a style of play. You wanted us to be a top 100 club as well. well. Where's that identity to this football club right now? There isn't one, Um, but... You know, you're sitting in the, in in the shadows right now, just watching everything unfold. And like, I I get that that you know, you know, we can't have Cormac, you know, answering every Tom, Dick, and Harry every time they're they're tagged on a on a post on on social media. But when do we hear from him? You know, season tickets. You know, about a week ago, or certainly in a week's time, it'd been a year to date since the season tickets came on sale. So we must be getting close to season ticket renewal time. And certainly what we're seeing on the pitch isn't exactly an attractive offer to get fans rushing towards um, buying those season tickets. And look, I I can't help but feel there will be a slight deca- decline in season ticket sales um, over the course of the summer. But I do put that down to possibly the fact that a lot of people that bought into season tickets for this season will have done so with the knowledge that they were getting to see European group stage football. Next season, unless you want to watch the Via play group stages, we're not going to have European group stages. Of course, we could obviously go on to win the Scottish Cup, but I'm really clutching at straws there. And again, another one at a boardroom level I want to look at is is Alan Burrows. Can't be bothered posing the question, is Burrows still at the club? Again, another person who we all thought would come in and, you know, open up the lines of communication and transparency that, that we longed for from board level to us as fans. And again, whether he's been censored by Dave Cormack, whether he's battening down the hatches waiting for everything to blow over who knows but he's another person that we're not as fans getting to hear from and the louder that the silence gets 
the more worked up the fan base is going to get. Obviously, that's coupled um, with the results not being what we want. And I just can't help but feel Wednesday has the potential to be yet another atmosphere where it's toxic. You know, um, there was a comment again, just as we we came live, um, Martin Davidson, unfortunately having the dubious honour of being at Rugby Park on, on Saturday and saying that it was a toxic atmosphere at full time. Hardly surprising with that pathetic showing. Uh, I read online, I wasn't probably thankfully for me, wasn't at Rugby Park at, at the weekend, but I heard online there was the, the chance of sack the board um, at, at full time. And, and those chants will probably get louder if we fail to win um, on Wednesday night. And again, going back to that point I, I made about the Ross County game on Tuesday, a win for Ross County suddenly has them breathing down our necks and suddenly puts even more pressure on this squad, on Neil Warnock, on the board ahead of a game um, that is probably vital to our outlook on the season because, I mean, people will be listening to me because Callum's not here to, to voice his opinion and say, oh, you're being a negative bastard, you're being this, you're being that. Like, I may be on the, the, the side where I think this is going to go tits up quickly. Look, I'll eat the humble pie. I said I wanted Neil Warnock and I thought, look, I'll put my hands up. I thought it would be a laugh. I didn't think it would be that much of a laugh that is preventing me from crying um, because of how bad we are. Um, but I didn't think it would go this wrong this quickly under Neil Warnock, I, I have to be honest. I think I saw Free M. McCauley on Twitter pointing out that this was one of was it only two or three home games we've got left prior to the split as well. So that home advantage that we we might have um, could disappear very quickly. And I think what we also have to remember is going into this round of fixtures is if you are of a more positive mindset than, than certainly I am, is that you're looking at Dundee facing Celtic um, on Wednesday night and it's the Edinburgh Derby as well. So, you know, could... I mean, Celtic haven't exactly been great this season. Could Dundee pull off a medical result? Hibs tend not to win a derby. There's a chance for that gap to sixth place to, to minimise to two points if we can pull our shit together and produce a, a decent performance. I just don't see it coming right now. The other um, the other kind of problem, I guess, we've we've got right now and again there was rumours circulating at, at full time on, on Saturday was Neil Warnock not being at the club um, for a period of time last week. I think the, the rumour certainly circling around social media was he four days off he was back down in Cornwall and I, I did see the Evening Express kind of try and clear that that segment up by saying it was a, a prior engagement that the club were already aware of um, prior to his appointment as Aberdeen manager Boyan Miofsky was given two days off due to his heavy workload this season. I'm not really objecting to Boyan being given a couple of days off. I mean, who knows where we'd have been if Boyan hadn't carried us with half his goals this season. The thing that kind of irks me about Neil Warnock not being here is how much he banged on in his pre-match press conference about saying it was great to have time with the squad to work on things, um, to you know, that time on the training field and mentioned the fact that this game coming up on Wednesday, 
you know, he then had another short week to work on things. And after this week, he then had a bit longer with the international break coming up as well um, towards the end of March. I mean, Aberdeen's a small place. Secrets come out. Um, I mean, whether you want to believe the rumour or not, your your choice. But look, again, this goes back to my point about not hearing from Dave Cormack or Alan Burrows. That, the club could have easily squashed that that rumour, doused those flames and come out and address the, the issue. And that would be the end of the matter. But once again, they're sitting on their hands. Similarly, you know, the whole issue with, with VAR after the, the Hibs game, Hibs came out with a strongly worded statement. Where was our statement uh, about the Miofsky incident? Again, nothing. You know, we speak about on the pitch being uh, a bit of a roller coaster. Certainly off the pitch is turning into just as much of a ride as it is on the pitch. And it's really not enjoyable what, what we're seeing. And, you know, people have spoke about the atmosphere at uh, Pataudry potentially being being toxic. Um, player of the year could turn very toxic very quickly, um, depending how the next few weeks turn out. And it, 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 at the end of the day, the club needs results and the clubs need results quickly. Not to appease those that, like myself, are maybe looking over their shoulder, but... For me, coming up, we've got seven or eight games to, towards a split. That Killy game in the in the Scottish Cup is the only thing I'm really kind of clinging on to for the season. That one-off game, can we gear ourselves up to that? Can we create any form of momentum going into, into this game? And for those of you that follow us on, on Twitter at RTG underscore podcast, will have seen the tweet that I put out. Um, kind of documenting the uh, amount of games that we we've caught left and the kind of projected points um, that I basically asked how many people points we should be taking and how many points people expect us to be taking between now and um, seven seven league games in the the Kelly Cup game. Shelley Don um, kept me right on on that one so starting on Wednesday it's at home to St Johnston followed by a trip to Paisley we then of course have the, the Scottish Cup quarter final um, before the final game in hand a, a trip to Dens Park a trip to Motherwell follows that three days later before the international break returning from the international break to play our um, penultimate home game before the split which is against Ross County a weekend trip to Livingston and then a final home game pre-split against Dundee. So, you know, we do have Dundee twice before the split. Um, of course, them holding a, a bit of an advantage. Now, there was a range of answers um, in relation to, to this. Um, the Killy View podcast saying, if you play like you did yesterday, you'll be watching the rest of the cup from TV. Um, to we should get a, a 12 as a minimum from um, Sheeptastic83. Um, to saying he thinks we'll get seven to nine and put out the cup. Um, you know, Ailey1903, if we lose the cup game, the season's over. If it isn't already, um, I think certainly, you know, a couple more defeats, certainly our top six hopes will be be over and uh, any sort of cup defeat if we're consigned to the, the bottom six. So long, of course, as we're... Um, assured of of safety then that the season is very much over and i guess it goes back to another discussion i was i was hearing on 
um, sports sound, I think it was, in terms of Willie Miller speaking up about kind of an interim manager and, well, Willie Miller, of course, saying we should have just stuck with Peter Levin, um, sticking to his guns from the um, the the Celtic game um, uh, and saying that basically we should have kind of looked to get an interim manager in and see if we can then assess the, assess the squad between well, not sorry, an interim, our next permanent manager in between now and the end of the season so that they can really get their teeth into the squad and see what they're going to be be working with. But, I mean, right now, any potential manager is probably thinking, I'm not fucking touching that job with a barge pole. I mean, you just need to look at the performance that those players put in on, on Saturday. We've got no fucking excuse for that performance on Saturday. The last time we went down to, to Rugby Park, you could attribute, obviously, the effort that we'd put in in that home game against Pauk, um, a game which we should have won and we lost and, and we just never turned up. You know, Graham Shinney saying before the, the League Cup semi-final about that performance being unacceptable. If that performance was unacceptable, I hate to think what he thinks of the, the performance from Saturday. Um, you know, again, Neil Warnock speaking uh, about leaders. There's no fucking leaders in this team. Nobody wants to stand up and be counted for. And again, that was the hope that I was kind of clinging on to from Neil Warnock when he was speaking about underdogs going into this game. I was looking at somebody in that midfield, somebody in that defence to step up and go, fuck you. We're, we're not underdogs here. We're we're Aberdeen. Have a bit of pride about yourselves. Have a bit of pride about that jersey you pull on. Have a bit of pride for those fans that made that trip down to Ayrshire probably some doing it in hope more than expectation. You know, we'll be here through thick and thin, no matter what. You know, managers will come and go. Directors of football will come and go. Chairman will come and go. The fans will stick through this squad with through thick and thin. You know, I was watching Sunderland Till I Die last night and, you know, one of their fans saying, to enjoy the highs, you've got to stick through the lows. And unfortunately, this season has been mainly filled with with lows. Um, yes, we've we've managed to get to a cup final, but then inexplicably didn't turn up. So I, I, I totally get where a lot of the negativity being down in the dumps towards the club are right now. And I, I do feel that's that's justified right now. We need to see a reaction from the manager. We need to see a reaction from the players. And that needs to start on Wednesday night against St. Johnson. And what needs to happen as well is cutting out the stupid mistakes that we seem to keep making that are costing us goals. Because if we can't cut them out, then we are in, in a bigger problem than we already are. And that, unfortunately, is is the issue. I think if you look at the the manner in the in the goals that we conceded, I mean, De, um, not Devlin, sorry, Jensen and Garman really won't want to be be looking at them back. Um, Matt Kennedy has not won anything, but I'll probably won himself a, a pride trophy at scoring against Aberdeen. Well done. Um, I, I thought his celebration was pretty over the top. I know certainly I know Calm's not here to to defend himself, but. He was certainly a, a fan of Matty Kennedy. Um, both of us were 
um, during his time at Aberdeen. I don't know, like I said, I wasn't at the game on Saturday. I don't know if he was copying a lot of stick from the away support or not. But to be second best to a lot of what we did on, on Saturday is just unacceptable. And again, probably kind of goes to the fact of what we've seen a lot over the course of this season. You know, Ryan M254 saying we miss Ramadani, but I think we sorely miss McCrory too. I think it's been glaringly obvious we've missed a, a Ramadani-like figure all, all, all season. You can argue around the McCrory replacement in in Nicky uh, in Nicky Devlin, Roy Thompson saying he's painfully overrated, um, and the musical box saying he spends nearly all his time shoring up the defence when his value is as as more of an attacking fullback. Uh, and again, that's probably where we are with Nicky Devlin right now. Are we seeing the best from him, or is he having to do too much to? cover for the mistakes of his, his centre-back pairings, which I kind of think he is just now. Um, for me, I still don't question his commitment to the cause, albeit he does probably need to look at what he did in the Hibs game. Um, but look, anybody not putting in a, a respectable performance is immediately coming under under the, the spotlight. Um, George Ironside, George, it was good to chat to you um, the other week um, before the, the Hibs game. George saying, how many players would we keep for next season? And George, it's, a, it's, it's an excellent point because, again, going back to that point about managers looking in, what are managers seeing um, in terms of what this squad's got? Even some of these players are contracted through till a, a little bit longer. I'm thinking the likes of Bojan, Mioski, Duke. Are they looking at this squad and thinking, I, I'm going to be pulled down by this. Get me out of here. You know, I'll do what I can to keep Hughes or get his into the top six between now and the end of the season. But come the summer, I'm wanting my move that I've earned. And for some of these players, you couldn't you couldn't begrudge that. Um, I, I still feel a bit sorry for the likes of Leighton Clarkson coming back this season and watching the ball be punted over his head for, for most of the time. I think we've seen a only kind of glimpses of what he can do this season or certainly what we saw from him last season when we've got the ball on the deck and again goes to, to Connor Barron. I mean, probably didn't have his best game at, at the weekend from, from what I've seen. Um, but again, a player that certainly, I, I know in, in George's comments on screen and between me and George and the, the conversation we were having agreed that that we would like to see the club keep him. But again, Connor's probably thinking, do I want another season holding up Graham Shinney when I could be kind of the main man in a midfield somewhere else? And and does he look does he look elsewhere? Uh, right now, could you blame him for leaving? Probably not, as long as he just doesn't move somewhere in Scotland. I think he just needs to look at the likes of what Lewis Ferguson's done. Uh, I'm not saying he's worthy of a Serie A move, but kind of broaden his horizons and, and move out the country um, to, to get the best out of him. I, I think when you, you look ahead to to Wednesday's game, though, for me, it's going to be a terrible game of football. I don't think anybody's under any illusion of that. Aberdeen versus St. Johnson's always a, a terrible game of football. Um, I was discussing in our group chat today, only was one of our last 21 meetings 
between the, the two sides have ended with more than three goals in the game. Um, it, it, it's always going to be leaning towards under 2.5. Probably both teams won't score. St. Johnson aren't coming up here in a terrific vein of form either. Their fans are equally unhappy with what's going on. But it's Craig Levine. He knows how to shithouse a result, unless it's in Prague, of course. Um, and I, I look, I just, um, it's not nice not looking forward to, to going to Pataudry, um right now. Going to the football is always an escape. It's always something that nine times out of ten I'll always look forward to doing, catching up with my mates, where that's pretty much in the pub, standing together at the game, chatting about the game. But the game itself, and it's been like that, not just ahead of Wednesday, but it's been like that for a good month or so, where when you stand next to your pal, you're like, you know, it's close to not coming today, but, you know, I'm here. And something needs to change and something needs to change quickly. And hopefully, you know, any sort of win could do that for us. It, interesting, I know, where, depending whether or not you read a lot into those sort of things, Esther Sokler was the player on the kind of pre-game graphic that the club used. Um, quite interesting, given he's not been used at all from um, Neil Warnock. Well, not probably as much as Esther would have been hoping to. I know a lot of these tweets from the club are pre-scheduled anyway. Um, <clears throat> so maybe not going to read too much into it. But you know, if the if the players only, as rumours were to be believed, trained properly with a manager once last week, they're not going to have trained more than once between now and the, the game on Wednesday, I'm sure, maybe two at a push. But, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people argue if the club and, or, sorry, manager and players can't be bothered putting in maximum effort, why should us as paying punters put in similar effort? Um, I know obviously a lot of people will be getting paid at the end of this week. Um, so we might now see a bit of a, a, an increase in, in sales for the, the Kilmarnock Cup game. I think it'll be quite telling um, that kind of indication towards the crowd for that game tomorrow evening. I think the general sale begins. Um, and I noticed today when I was humming and haying on buying my ticket, um, mainly because my wallet wasn't in the room that I was in, so I didn't proceed with buying it. Um, the, the upper deck seems to still be closed, which I didn't think was the case. I might have missed that in the pre-ticket release, but um, doesn't certainly look to be um, on offer for, for this game. Um, so once again, going with the same kind of setup that we had against Bonnie Rigg in terms of capacity. Um, oh, general sales already open. Should have probably looked at that email properly from the club. Um to make sure I actually got my seat. I'll have to do that after this live. Um, thanks for that, Paul. <clears throat> um, but again, questions for going into to Wednesday would be, what what do we um, start? You know, I've seen people suggest uh, a 4-4-3. Four, 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 Roy Thompson saying he would like to see Milne and Doohan get a one-game uh, chance just to see if it's an improvement. Um Jack Milne's an interesting one because you know one two three we Dave saying that he's a, a defensive midfielder. He certainly was a um, defensive midfielder, um, but you know Neil Simpson has certainly been trying to get him to be more of a 
a centre back and the club have been really kind of gearing him to be uh, more of a defensive minded player than a, a defensive midfielder. Why not? You know, you could even make an argument for doing Angus McDonald and Jack Milne um, on Wednesday because Garmin Jensen have offered fuck all. Um, I mean, I was even thinking today, how the fuck's Richard Jensen starting for Finland uh, a lot of the time as well? I mean, he could be going to the Euros. Um, so only to see if he gets involved in the, the, the playoff games come come March as well. I saw I saw a few people as well earlier in the in the episode as well, um, speaking about um, Jimmy McGarry to kind of offer us a wee bit of of width. Um, unfortunately, his hamstrings are made of glass, so we're a bit a bit struggled there. Um, so it looks like we'll still be sticking with with Jack McKenzie. Good to see Jack's watching the show. Um, PGL Tuna, of course. What about the Doric Carlos in centre midfield with with a bit of grip? Um, Oh, I, you know, PGL Tuna was the first person I thought of when I saw that Michael Beale had been caught out um, about using a burner account on Twitter to slag off Sunderland fans and um, promote his own well-being as Rangers manager. Um, obviously, after Duke telling us last year he watches a show, I wondered maybe what players kind of watch and maybe comment along. But PGL Tuna was the first one I thought of, considering any time he comments on this show, it's always about Jack McKenzie. So good to have you along. Um Good to have you along tonight, Jack. <clears throat> um, I, yeah, I think a, f- a four-four-three would be a, an interesting, an interesting tactic. See Dante Polvara coming back into the side um, at the weekend. Does he re- retain his start? I, I think quite telling as well. We know we brought in Killian Phillips on loan. Not really seen anything of him. Again, a lot of pl- fans questioning whether or not. He was a player that was needed uh, in the January transfer window. Was that maybe just a Barry Robson signing? Um, who knows? Will we see him from the start? <clears throat> Does Bannon and Shinney continue uh, in that midfield? Do we go two up top? And if so, who partners Miofsky up top? Should we go with Esther Sokler? Let's see what he can do because he probably is one of those players that are looking to, to prove a point. You know, Duke's done his best this season um, maybe not hit the heights of, of last season does him and um, Miofsky work do you look at pushing Jamie McGrath further forward off Miofsky like we've seen already this season does that then allow Leighton Clarkson into more of a wing role personally if we're going two up top and one off the striker my preference would be to see Leighton Clarkson off of Boya Miofsky purely because of their link up play and how well they've worked in, in previous seasons. They're kind of on the same wavelength uh, a lot of the time um, in, in terms of, of instinct. But I think we've got to be set up in a way that we look to break down St. Johnson because I'm under no illusions that St. Johnson are going to come up here and close the, close the doors, look to probably play for a nil-nil. Um, I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised if Craig Levine goes for a six four zero on Wednesday night. Um, now, in saying that, we all don't come blame me when St Johnson win one nil. Um, but I, I, it's going to be a frustrating night. I feel on Wednesday, St, St Johnson for me are going to come up and not look to play football. They're not going to look to take the game to Aberdeen. Um, I, I think they're going to look to sit in and and 
want they'll want the crowd to be frustrated and they'll want the crowd to be frustrated quickly. Um, whether it's going to be as quickly as Motherwell managed to do it will remain to be seen. Hopefully not. Um, we can only hope that it, it turns better. Um, I think you know we've probably spoken about it every game under Neil Warnock about the first goal being crucial, and Wednesday night is no more than that about the game. The, the first goal being crucial because heaven forbid we concede first because there'll be one or two in that team, rightly or wrongly, more so wrongly, whose heads will drop on the concession of the goal. The fans will be rightly irate at going behind and it won't be a nice atmosphere to play in. And apart from Bonnie Rigg, I can't remember a game where we've actually taken the lead under Neil Warnock as well. So it'd be nice to actually um, do that. Um under Neil Warnock as well in a, in a league game because we're always giving ourselves a mountain to climb right now in terms of going behind as well. So a lot to ask for from, I feel certainly as being a lot of, um, a lot to ask for, for Neil Warnock. But I'm also asking a lot more from the players as well to restore that pride in that jersey that you're pulling on. That jersey that you're wearing is a jersey that those of us in the stands we can only dream of putting on and getting to play for that club. You know, you're living, 11 of you that take the field are living the dreams of the 10, 15,000 of us that are in the stands week in, week out. But over the recent weeks, your performances are nowhere near fitting of any pride in that shirt and any criticism that's come most of your ways is fully merited. And it's about time that a lot of you step up and take pride in that shirt and take pride in playing for this club and playing for this city because we're a passionate bunch, yes. Are we an expectant bunch? Yes, but what football fan isn't? All we want to see is players playing for that shirt and playing with a bit of pride. You know, I've said it before um, that, you know, if we go down in defeat, as long as we've gone down trying, I do not want to see us being rolled over and having our tummies tickled week in, week out. It's unacceptable for a club like like us. And, you know, I don't think that any other kind of sensible-minded Aberdeen fan would disagree with that um, as well. But, you know, kind of final point would be, um, for, as Ewan Grant says, if there's no reaction, there's a deep, deep problem. And, you know, Neil Warnock, whilst you may not agree with everything he said um, in his time at Aberdeen, I think it's quite clear he knows that the problems go a lot deeper than just the players. Whether, again, he's being restricted in physically saying that um, remains to be seen. I know Callum wants to get him on the podcast when his time at Aberdeen's up, so whether or not he'll tell tell all to probably talk sport knowing him um, after his time at Aberdeen comes to an end remains to be seen. But, yeah, if, if there's no reaction on Wednesday heaven help us um, and hopefully for my sake because my voice is going um, Calm's Wi-Fi is working um, come Thursday for Thursday Night's Live because it's been a struggle doing this for 45 minutes on my own just looking back at the weekend and how much of a shit show that was the opening part of this podcast turned into a bit of a shit show what's new on this podcast so apologies for some of the poor Wi-Fi Calm does extend his apologies for once again, failing to appear um, on on the podcast, but uh, unfortunately, for reasons 
out with his control on this occasion. So I'll maybe let him off that contract to Phil Mayer's getting ever closer to being dished out for him to sign. Um, but let's hope things can can only get better because fuck me if they get worse, it'll be really depressing. Um, and folk will probably think, can you get any more depressed, Glenn? Just you wait, just you wait. Um, but thank you very much to everybody that has joined me and stayed with the podcast tonight. Uh, obviously, as I said, on the back of some of that technical issues earlier, um, we will be back on Thursday night um, reacting to whatever happens um, against Johnson on Wednesday and then previewing the trip to Paisley. Please, Dons, just win. See you then. <laughs>